going on man this is chris and this is oscar oscar welcome <laughs> welcome welcome to lost in comics everybody that's right issue 57 we're working our way up from zero to 57 guys uh you know what we do you know how we do it right here uh make sure you tell somebody uh, go knock on your neighbor's door make sure they like and subscribe to the channel uh find us on instagram and twitter as always and uh hit that bell notification uh, help us get to that 1k uh sub there and uh man uh hey, man. how you been bro i love what i see and i see what i love how you been i hope you're talking about you're talking about me bro just <laughs> yeah I'll talk uh, about okay you. I you think about this fabulous background here bro but uh <laughs> yeah but uh no man i'm so I'm, I'm excited man i'm 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 had a good week it's been a good week at work been uh it's been a catch-up week for me with the new year kind of starting um but it's been good man really really good excited to get into some comics today escape everything that's going on in the in the world lately and just talk about comic books man talk about uh talk about uh all the stuff sean lewis has going on man this is gonna be just a lot of fun man yeah and uh, they're mentioning your sharp chair there bro how, how is it thank you guys thank you all right man i'm gonna be honest with you guys this is a little secret a little uh, insider tip here not a tip but just a comment i spent 2020 sitting on a metal chair <laughs> <laughs> If you can believe did you, that. Did it, so, buns, did it give you buns of steel after that? I did, man. It also gave me yeah. a backache every single time we'd have a show. So it feels yeah. great to have a new ha, have a new chair, man, and uh, have some new uh, equipment. And, man, we're ready to rock, man. I'm so sure. I'm so excited, dude. So excited say to be with you. Say what's up to the chat real quick. You know, I guess yeah. uh, we, had, we had a comic guy, Steve, was first. Steve, up what's going the- on? Dragon Ranger, what's going on? Adam. Oh boy, Adam. Woo. See who else we got up in here? Who else we got? Who else we got? We got spawners. Spawners. What's going on, Rich? We got uh, Tara, Nora, Tara, Nora, Farkham. Farkham. What's going on, dude? What's going on? Comics and crosses. Comics and crosses. What do you say? I feel like I've never been on early enough to hear this rap. Well, that is an act. That is actually a brand new intro that Oscar just hey hand clap for Oscar, man, dude. <laughs> That freaking intro, dude. I mean, if you don't know, guys, Oscar is a he's a rapper, man. So awesome I, work, dude. I do a lot of rapping at Christmas time with the presents around here and some of that. A lot of so. twerking. I do a lot of twerking while you rap, which I love. Um, everybody, man, what's going on? Evil Civvy, what's going on? We got Oscar's wife in the house here, Marissa. Good to see you guys. Boston Comics Thursday, everybody. Peter's Comic Corners in the house. What is up, dude? 
long time no see, Peter. Sorry, I can't hop on chat more, but I will. But I work until seven these days. I'm still watching. That is what I'm talking about, Pete. Dedication, man. Dedication. So, guys, we got a lot planned today. Of course, we got Sean Lewis in the house. He's going to be here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to have a fun time with him talking about comics. That uh, we're going to talk about him. Talk about comics. Uh, we got a little mail call today. We got some new comics to talk about. We're going to talk about Future State a little bit. See what's going on with. See how you've been liking that. Tell you how I've been liking it. Uh, I got some just a. Don't don't hey, don't be, don't be telling people, man. And uh, a little bit of comic news, and of course we got bottom of the stack for everybody at the end here. But uh, you ready for this? I am so ready. Let's just do this thing. Ready for this? Ready? I'm ready, man. Let's go. Listen up and welcome all to the LNC. We've got a ride for you today, so this is the place to be. Whether you consider yourself part of the few or a saint. You're in for a time of pure bliss, so don't you faint. He's a superman of writing, and after what we have read, he's made us a super fan. He controls the future state of Superman of Metropolis. Welcome to the show, Sean Lewis. That has to be like the most amazing intro I've ever had to anything in my life. That's awesome. Man. Hey, we love to hear that, man. So that's good. <laughs> it's incredible. Congratulate your guys' graphics and the music. It's amazing. Um, Dude, here. For having me. <laughs> yeah, man. Welcome to Lost in Comics, man. This is this is a, a honor, a pleasure to have you on, Sean. Uh, man, I, I wanted to get you on after I read uh, Bliss, number one. Uh, I had read some of your stuff in the past, but man, as soon as I read that, I was like, dude, we got to get Sean on. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a little bit long time coming. So we're really happy to start the year. You're our first uh, 2021 interview. Yeah. Nice. So we, we are we're ecstatic, dude. Uh, yeah, man. Of course. Of course. So. Uh, so usually when we get the show started, um, we do. Ha have you heard of Rapido Flash before? No. So uh, so Rapido, he is the fourth cousin of Barry Allen, and uh, he brings with him some questions from the most brilliant scientists from Astrea Labs, Astrea Labs, and that's basically uh, you know Star Labs in Spanish. And uh, so these questions are developed to to test the essence, true character of an individual. Uh, no pressure on these questions, but what we want you to do is just answer these as quickly as possible. Okay. Because, uh, you know, he's here and he's gone in a flash, man. So here he is, hey. crappy little flash, man. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, Oscar has his new setup. This is kind of weird for me, you know, but, uh, but you know, we're going to do what we can. So, <laughs> but uh, real quick, like Chris explained, just just go with your first answer and just, just have some fun with it. All right. So sure. here we go. The Rapido 8. Number one, what's your favorite? Rocky movie. Um the first one. Rocky first one. one. Rocky one with four. Four is very, very close. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Now, who wins in a fight? Batman or Superman? Except Superman has the same views and mentality as Batman. That's like a mind explosion. I just wrote Superman. Superman wins everything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's what we love to hear right here. Well, maybe not Chris, but uh number three. Team Cobra Kai, Miyagi Do, or Eagle Fang Karate? Oh, Cobra Kai. I'm I'm Hawk all the way. Hawk okay, all right. Uh, number four. If you could take bliss to forget something that's happened in your life, what would it be? Oh man. Uh God, that's a that, that, that's a dark one. Oh, Rapido. Yeah, I think I think I might have to plead the fifth on that one. Okay, all right, that, that, no problem. <laughs> uh, let's see here where are we at uh, number five. Uh, 
did you have a nickname growing up? And if so, would you mind sharing it? Sure. There was a really wonderful patch of middle school where I was known as Tortoise or Turtle because I ran very slow. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven, zombie apocalypse is upon us. What's your weapon of choice? Oh, man. Uh, I, I played paintball recently and realized I don't know how to use a gun. So I think I would have to have like, give me like hairspray and a lighter and, and I'll be that dude in the back with the makeshift flamethrower. <laughs> okay, awesome. And let's see here. Number seven. Uh, you can tell a lot of, about a person by their favorite X-Men character. What's yours? Colossus. Awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, eight, the final question. Uh, who wins in a foot race? The Flash or Superman? Oh, you're going to make me go against my boy. I think the Flash. <laughs> I'll say that. That's even better. Man. That's what we love. So, hey, Sean, it was nice meeting you. I hope you have a great time on the show, man. But I got to run. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Sean. That is Rappy the Flash, uh, in and out like a flash, man. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, yeah. thanks for playing along with that, man. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm always game to talk X-Men and Superman, Flash, all that. I was obsessed with X-Men growing up, so it's always, always yeah. fun. I think I was talking with somebody the other day, um, just yesterday on a different podcast, where we both were bonding over being the only people we knew who ever said Colossus was their favorite when they're asked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think I only know one person that, uh, that I could say is answers that with Colossus, man. So you're in good, you're in good company though, man. Right. So, uh, before we, we get into all business, uh, Sean, we're going to talk about, you know, books and, and, and your background, stuff like that. But, sure. uh, we like to get to know you just a little bit more as an individual. Uh, I know you're a professional writer, but outside of writing, what other responsibilities do you have? I mean, most of the rest of my time is as a dad. I got a young toddler. He's five. Uh, he takes up everything now. Um, I mean, at, comics became more full-time maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, up until that, I, I basically spent a lot of my life as a playwright, like working in theater as a playwright and director. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's a lot of just like married, married life, family stuff. Uh, young son that takes up a lot and then like desperately trying to find moments to either exercise or or find hobbies or read books or comics like in in the little the little moments in between that life balance man that's a i talk about that all the time man that life work uh, it's, it's it's tough man i have a a four-year-old he's about four and in a few months and uh, then we just had a newborn daughter right and right at the beginning of covid uh march oh. at the end of march we had uh, my our little girl was born so, congrats uh, thank you man thank you uh, <laughs> but yeah definitely i definitely understand man it's it's a it's it's a lot man so <laughs> yeah but i didn't know i didn't i did not realize fully ha what having a kid was going to do to just like time and sleep i don't know if your little if your little one sleeps well but like I'm woken up at like four with him crawling in the bed and just like literally just kicking me in my ass yeah. like the rest of the the rest of the night. Yeah, <laughs> same dude, same. Yeah, he 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 starts in his room and then comes on over. He'll crawl into the bed and then he's he kind of like bear hugs me from the back. So I'm just like, and he kicks me and then he sleeps the other direction. You know, oh, yeah. that's yeah. insane when they start to like turn and I'm. And we'll, we'll get into like pushing matches. Like he'll turn and he's like kicking me in the face. And I'm like, dude, like, like oh yeah, he's like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good good to talk to somebody who can relate, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, awesome. So 
let's take things uh, back a bit here. Uh, I know 2020 was a huge year for you with Bliss. Uh, now, of course, with uh, DC uh, knocking at your door. Uh, we'll get more into that here in a bit. But I want to highlight some of your early works and for people to get to know you again a little bit more. Um, sure. When was your earliest memory of picking up a comic book? And was there a character or story that just really drew you in to the medium? You know, it's funny because you asked me the X-Men question. We didn't have a comic book shop in my hometown. I grew up in a, a small town in upstate New York. So the only way to get comics was at the spinner rack in the local like drugstore. My mom, for whatever reason, you know, like she she saw it as reading. Anything that was like, oh, you're reading, I'll I'll pay for you to do to read yeah. some things. And so comics were the thing that I liked reading. But the first one I pulled off a of spinner rack, they just had primarily just Marvel stuff. So it was an X-Men comic and I, it's still like one of my favorites. It's like, it's basically like issue 183. I remember pulling it off. It, it's Colossus ends up fighting Juggernaut. Nice. And like, it's just one of those weird things, you know, like I have friends who are sports fans who like are in New York and they're like, I became a cowboy fan because my dad went away on a trip and he came home and, and gave me a cowboy coat. And it, and it just, it, it's what, it's what sucked. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that, that X-Men book, like I just remember reading it and there's this big, muscular metal dude and i'm like he's my favorite and it's just like never changed and they it was also i mean it was it was crappy for like collecting because you know they would get like issues out of order so i was always getting like oh i'm reading like 183 and then they have like 190 and i'm like you know just whatever they're they're grabbing so like but that was the thing the 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 local drugstore and like doing chores or doing anything i could to scam my mom into buying me comics down there became like pretty huge and then a couple of years later my uncle moved in with us for a little while and he was a huge vertigo fan so i got really exposed to a lot of dc vertigo books like like way too young so, <laughs> and but, your your uncle that is that emmett uncle, yeah yeah uncle emmett. Yeah, Emmett, who runs Haven, Haven for Heroes, you guys know, um, yeah. out in Port Jervis in New York. Um, yeah, he 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 lived with us for a little while, and he had you know he had the long boxes, and like I was little and annoying, so he would not want me around. But the moment he left the house to do things with his friends, I would pull out the long box and just like tear through, you know, old issues of Swamp Thing, and he got preacher like way like. I was looking at that before I really should have. And, you know, just like all of these kind of like more adult books and just being kind of blown away at like, what is, what is this, you know? Um, so it was a heavy dose of like X-Men and then Vertigo books were like what I was growing up on. So cool, man. So cool. Uh, so, you know, you, be, you start to get into comics. Uh, was there a time or place, maybe a moment that you remember falling in love with the idea of being a writer or, or getting to work as a writer or as a, as a kid? Um, when did that come, come about? It was kind of the only thing I was that good at. Like, I would get out of projects. At, like, a lot of times in school, like, we would get assigned things in a math or a science class, which I just... I sucked at. So I would, I would invent stories around it instead and kind of turn in short stories. And, and the teachers were actually like, I mean, I wouldn't get full credit, but they would, they were definitely supportive of like, you know, you're going to fail your science project, but the story you wrote was like super interesting. <laughs> so it was like, it was helpful in that. But like it, the hardest thing about it was like where I grew up, nobody was a professional writer or artist. So the, the reality of it seemed really far away for a long time. But I, I also didn't have a lot of other skills. So like I went to college because basically my parents were like, you have to go to college. You can't stay home. 
Um, I had some friends that weren't the best influence. So if we, if I stayed, it was probably going to go south pretty quickly. Um, and I got there and the only thing I liked doing was reading. So I was just like a general English major and I just kept writing. And at that point, it just started becoming like, I don't have a lot of options. So I've, I've got to figure out how to do this while I'm doing more menial jobs, like as a waiter. And, you know, I was doing a lot of like restaurant and service gigs. And, um, and I fell into theater at some point during college. And then that, that actually opened up an opportunity where I started writing and, and, and it became more of a possibility professionally. Comics, I never knew how to get into that. That came along much later and, and like very much by accident. Um, But yeah, it was definitely early. It was just like, I liked writing and, and there was something when I wrote stories that people responded to, or my friends would respond to that. I was like, Oh, this I'd like to f- keep figuring out how to do this, you know? And, and so that just became the impetus of like, well, people seem to be like listening. This is one of the few times people listen to me or I was not a very wild or popular kid, but I was friends with kids who were. And there was this weird thing in high school where like they would ask me to tell their stories. Hmm. Like, like if they did something, they yeah. were like, Sean, Sean, tell you tell the story of like what we did last week. You tell it better. And that just kind of stuck with me because I was like, I am not the main character of any of these stories. I'm just some asshole on the side who's like, yeah, then he punched him. I ducked. And like, yeah. it was just interesting. It just stayed with me that I'm like, oh, it's it's interesting that people keep asking me to tell their, like that story because for whatever reason, it's getting the response they want out of it. That's cool, man. That, that's super. It, it kind of reminds me, I, I used to enjoy writing. Uh, obviously, I'm not a professional now, but uh I used to enjoy writing in middle school and high school. And I remember writing stories um, about my friends and I in the future. And they just ate it up, man. They would, I'd, and I, I'm, I'd literally, I'd type it on an old little you know, typewriter that we had at the school and give it to them. And we'd just, we, I'd read it to them and they just loved it, man. So that, that's, that's so cool, dude. Uh, you said, uh, you said a moment ago, it's interesting how you, how you got into comics. Uh, I know 2016, you got on board with, with image comics, with a book, little book called the uh, saints. Um, can you just tell us your relationship, uh, how it began with image and how did they receive that first pitch with saints? Uh, well, I didn't, you know, I, ever since Emmett had introduced me to comics, I had fantasized about working in comics, but as anyone who gets into comics or is trying to get into comics, like how you do it is like a fucking mystery. Like, like, I think the way it was described to me is they're like, no two people get into comics the same way. Or it's like someone or the people who get in, they like bury the path that got them in as soon as they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so basically what happened is I was directing a play at a, at a professional theater. And I hired this, this college student named Ben Mackey to do projections for it. Like, so I don't know how old you guys are, but when I was growing up, the we we didn't have whiteboards in high school we had uh overhead projectors with transparencies you had to like crank and if anybody who doesn't know what i'm talking about it's just like it's just like an old school projector and you would they would just like write math problems and crank it by when they were done so in the play i wanted to have these live this live animated movie happening right that we would the artist would draw in real time and we would crank it and it would run across the screen so you could kind of see it as it was getting built anyway this guy Benjamin did the did the drawings and they they all were coming across as like these old school like Silver Age Superman and Archie comics and I, I was like are you a comic fan and he was like yeah yeah I really love comics and honestly we were painting the set one day it was like 
five o'clock in the morning. So we were in that, that state of tiredness where you just feel drunk. Mm. Like everything's funny and everything seems possible. And we were just kind of like rambling about comics. And I, and he was just like, yeah, I'd love to do a comic. What would you make a comic about? And I was like, well, I'm a lapsed Catholic. I'd probably do something about lapsed Catholics, like maybe saints who get like, or atheists who get like superpowers from saints. And he was like, ah, I learned how to draw by looking at Catholic art. Like we could do this and we could do that. And we just were like having the best time. And so it was just like, we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, fuck it. You know what? When the play is over, what if we just do like an issue of this of this comic that we're 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 basically just bantering back and forth that cool. and so we got together at the local coffee shop a couple of times and i think within like a month or two ben had drawn i had written it and ben had drawn a comic and what ben drew is basically the first issue of saints and so we had it and i was looking at it and i was like fuck this is so much better than i thought this was gonna be <laughs> Yeah. Like, I actually am enjoying reading it and his art is bet like all of the this seems like a real comic. But you know, and, and there's always the self-doubt. I'm like, but maybe I'm being crazy. I don't know. So I was just like, well, I'll send it to a couple of places and just see if anyone has a response to it. And so like I, I sent a couple of emails like Dark Horse and I, I don't even remember who else, but like got no response. And at the time, <laughs> they've changed it since. Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher at Image, his email address was on the image site. And I didn't know enough about the business to realize how big a deal Eric was. Like I knew who the founders of Image were, but I didn't really know who Eric was. Yeah. I just saw like Eric Stevenson, publisher. And I was like, that sounds like the guy you would send your comic to. Yeah. So I sent a blank email and was like, hi, my name's Sean. I work in theater. I've done a couple of things that are like this. I don't know if you care about, but here's this weird comic book I made. Tell me what you think. <laughs> And literally, literally, he called me five months later when I was about to go on stage for a different play and was like, is this Sean Lewis, the guy from Saints? I was like, yeah. He's like, how would you like to do the book in Image Comics? And I was just like, yeah. ah. I, is this real? It was definitely one of those, like, when you hear about those, is this real or am I being pranked moments? Yeah. I was just kind of like, I was dumbfounded, hung up, called my wife immediately, called Ben, just like, we're, we're going to do the comic at Image. This is insane. So, And that was the start. So that was the the first book I ever did, and it was the first one at Image. And then Image has kind of become a, a really great home, and Eric has become like a really, I'd say like a good friend. Um, so, yeah, that it's that that's kind of how it started. That's awesome, dude. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and it's like you said uh, – Every time we've had one of these interviews, I ask, you know, some of the similar questions and we like to see, you know, how people got into comics, man. And there's just a, such a variety of ways uh, and, it, and it doesn't feel like anybody does it the same. Um, so that, that, that's, that is so cool, dude. I think it's the hardest advice for writers and even artists sometimes who are trying to break in because there's a level of like, how did you do it? I want to do it the same way as you. And I'm like, yeah. I sent a blank email. You can do that. I don't. I don't know. I, I I think we got very lucky for whatever reason also with timing. Just the fact that Eric opened and read it yeah. is I now having worked there for years, I'm like, that's so rare. <laughs> like, that's, that's incredible, that's, man. That happened normally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's so cool, dude. Um, so after saints, you had another book published again by image, the few, right. And then uh, end of 2017 coyotes, number one's released again by image. Uh, this is when I personally heard of you for the first time. I remember um, Oscar picked up the issues and he told me, I, he's like, you got to read this, got to read this series. It's uh, Coyotes. Uh, I, I listened to podcasts at the time that were, they were praising the book. Um, so 
first, for anyone watching right now, tell us a little bit about Coyotes, just a brief synopsis, and where did the inspiration for the story come from? Sure. So um, the, the very basic of it is that there is a group of women who are being hunted along a border town that's very much like a, a Juarez tech and Texas borderland, um, who, who are what they're being hunted by are basically werewolves. And they take on this 13-year-old girl named Red and turn them into her their champion and basically give her a sword and she starts to hunt the wolves. That's That would be the basic pitch. Yeah. But where it came from, I had done a little bit of work at This American Life, um, the, the, this radio, the radio show on, on, um, on NPR. I told a story actually about Emmett's brother on, on there. And then I had done a little bit of extra work outside of that. And one of the, there was an episode they did that I got really obsessed with that was about a woman that they were referring to as the blonde, which was in Juarez, there was a woman who was, you're nodding, so you probably, it sounds like, it seems like you might know this story, but um, in Juarez, there was a woman, women were were going missing along a bus route. And so there was a, an anonymous woman who was wearing a blonde wig who started riding the bus, bus route and executing bus drivers because- mm. She was like, the only, these women are disappearing. The only one who knows what's happening are the bus drivers. Crazy. And I got really fascinated by it. And I started reading into the area. And um, I was living in Iowa at the time. And we had, we have, in Iowa, there was all these meat plants, right? Like meat processing plants. Almost everyone who worked at those plants were either from South America or Eastern Europe. And there was always these questions about, like, how did they get here? What, like, people are being coyoted from all these different, you know, continents, basically, to, to, yeah to make meat, to help process meat. And the first thing that popped in my head is I, I just started thinking like, well, what if the coyotes were real coyotes? Like what, what if you took that to its, its maximum? Yeah. And that's when I was like, well, they'd be werewolves. And then I did some research on werewolves and I started coming across like early accounts of people being tried, like going to trial as werewolves <laughs> and, and things were coming up where they were like, Oh, they're claiming that this guy who killed like seven women, he said that he's a werewolf and it's not his fault. He, he bought this pelt. And when he puts the pelt on, he can't control himself. He transforms. And so the pelts and, and like some of that mythology started making its way into the comic itself. Right. And a big part too, is I found, I found the artist on Facebook, Caitlin Yarsky. I found her and Hayden Sherman, who, who is the other collaborator I've worked with a lot on the same day, both on the same Facebook page. And I'd, I'd seen Caitlin's, like how she drew faces and bodies. And that also started to inform, like, I was like, the way she draws women is incredible. So like, I want to maximize that. So we'll have a larger female cast. And she, she had a lot of these kind of like steampunky uh, tank girl esque drawings and they were all cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I would never probably think of that on my own, but what if the women that are training the young girl have their own kind of like weird steampunk style. So it was a lot of kind of just picking and choosing of like, she's already great at this. So let's just use it and, and make it part of the mythology. And then some of it was just like my own weird obsessions tied with actual like historical reading. And then that kind of just became the book. That's cool, dude. It, it, and it, it's, I find it fascinating how you, you and Caitlin kind of hooked up for the first time. Cause it's like, Again, another you know story for you. Just kind of like, yeah, you go from there, and, and now I mean, now we look at, at her work, and it's like it's, it's to me one of the best artists in the industry right now. Uh, she's on, she's she's got some big stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but that'll yeah. be coming and announced soon. Like she's gonna be really big. That's awesome. Interesting. Her and Hayden were both in the same position where I think 
they both were coming from different worlds. Like it, Caitlin had been working in animation. Like she does a lot. Her day job a lot of time is like working on um, on visuals for like animated games, like on your phone. Okay. And Aiden was still in school. He was still at Rhode Island School of Design when I found both of them. And they were both trying to get into comics, but weren't able to get anybody to notice them. Mm. Really, like, Hayden a little bit more than Kate, that it it just became, like, when I saw them on the page, I, like, on this Facebook page, I was like, both these people have such definitive styles. Like, they're so doing their own thing. I was like, I have to figure out how to work with them. And also their styles are so entrenched that it helps inform me as a writer because I'm like looking at things and getting inspired back. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, oh, Hayden's drawing these dope fucking motorcycles. Like there's yeah. gonna be motorcycles everywhere in this. <laughs> awesome, dude. Man. So I mean, looking from the outside in, it feels like something began to break for you career-wise with the release of Coyotes. Um, like I said, again, it was the first time I personally had heard about you, and I and I kept hearing things about coyotes. And it felt like, again, something was breaking for you career-wise. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think each each book has luckily kind of built off of the last one. You know, hmm. Saints Saints got a lot of, like, we got a real, like, some really amazing critical response. But, like, getting people to read that was, like, impossible <laughs> like, yeah. at all. And then the few sold better than Saints and like that audience grew a little bit more. But yeah, Coyotes, there was just a lot more, I think, public awareness of it when it came out mm -hmm. and, and talk about it. So it, it grew a lot more. And then that that built into Thumbs, which then even went further than than Coyotes had. Um, so, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been slow but steady. I mean, I'm, or it's been steady. I shouldn't say it's slow. I mean, everything's been a surprise to me. So it's all gone better than I expected. Um, but it's definitely been just, you know, kind of like plodding along and going like, all right, this is the book we're working on right now. Let's make it as good as possible. And and with each one, the audience has just kind of grown. Mm. I love that, man. I, and again, I mean, you just said it, but shortly after Coyotes, right? Uh, Thumbs gets published again from Image. And you, you guys, you and Image, man, I see that trend there. And you, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned there, uh, Eric Stevenson. How special has that relationship with with Image Comics been? I mean, I'm a pretty loyal person to begin with. Like the fact that I had no experience, no idea what I was doing, and they put out Saints, like that alone would have probably made me fall on a sword for them the rest of my life. Um, but you know, it's still they still have the best deal in comics, like. Sometimes I see people online like arguing about this and I'm like, no, it's not even close. Like not simply in the financial way, but like they let you really control the book. Like once Eric says he wants to do the book, you can do anything you want with it. Like, like there's no over, there's not like oversight of like, you can't do that in bliss. You were doing this or you can't do that in thumbs. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, we read that first issue. It's, it's fucking really cool. Like just keep making cool issues and release them on time. And we're happy. Mm -hmm. um, so like the creative freedom plus like us getting to own the material and be able to shop it in, in Los Angeles or New York or like the fact that we get to like make all of the decisions for what happens with those things afterwards, that happens nowhere else. Like it's not even close anywhere, <laughs> anywhere yeah. else. Um, that's that's the thing about like when I, I I keep emphasizing this, but just the relationship that you've had with Image, it's it's kind of unheard of. I mean, just to see one book after the other again a progression, but I mean, just year after year, you've had those releases come out. 
with the same company and it's 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 really it's that's why i asked is it's it's special man it's 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 really cool yeah i mean they've really taken a trust in that i like i've gotten to grow up as a writer in this form through them which is a huge risk for a publisher to take especially a large publisher to go like yeah this one's interesting we think that it'll be a fine and we we think the next one will be better and we think the next one after that will be better and and that's been i mean that is the type of thing that I, I don't know that that's, I think where I, I get, I get gushy and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, there's not a lot of, there's not, a, I think as an artist, when you can find a home, that's like everything and to have such a special home also just like nostalgia wise. I remember being in middle school when it formed and being like, and like all the hoopla about it. I remember buying the first issues of Spawn and the first issues of Shadowhawk and you know what I mean? And being like so excited to get home and tear through them. Mm. That so there's still moments like when I get self-pitying or down that I have to like remind myself, like you're working at like your childhood comic company. Like, Incredible, man. like that was the fantasy then. So mm. like whenever I get too shitty or too, you know, caught up in my own ego, it, it's good to remember like, no, this is like like ten year old you would be going fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you should, man. You gotta you you gotta enjoy that, man. Absolutely, <laughs> that's uh, that's an awesome thing to hear about uh, about image because I think last year sometime or was it maybe more than that? There was a whole uh, a show done, um, the one before Todd did on his own, but how image started and how they broke away and they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to give. Uh, writers and artists their own voice and, and freedom to write and that was a long time ago but it's good to hear that they're still the same way like money hasn't changed it or you know they haven't got political you know all that other stuff so that's awesome to hear that they still give that freedom uh to uh to their artists you know so that's that's awesome and i love to hear that so yeah no they're I mean, that is one thing when I get asked by other creators like sometimes people who haven't worked at image they're like be honest like what's the good and bad of being there and I'm like the good is basically like 99% of it. There's not really a bad. The main thing you have to keep in, you just have to be ready to be a project manager if you haven't been one before. Right. Like you're going to be, there's a lot of freedom, but you're going to be responsible for your book. Like there's not going to be an editor saying we need this by this date or are you following through on your books the way that you yeah. want to, you know? So like if you're not, some people like that's, they don't want to be project managers and, and there's nothing against that. So like that can, I think get frustrating for people, but if, if what you want, if that's worth it for the creative control, I'm like, Oh, just fucking do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course, man. Of course. Uh, so it's 2020, you know, we're in the midst of the pandemic sweeping across the world. Um, you have a book that I would say is probably your most personal heartfelt work of your career. And the comic industry just comes to a halt. It just stops. Uh, tells writers to put their pencils down. Uh, was there any fear that uh, that Bliss would not get released? Not that it wouldn't get released, but definitely like our our original release date got moved. You know, we had got we had gotten a big push from Image, and there had been press coming out. We were supposed to originally come out in February of last year, and then it got bumped all the way into like early like May. Mm. And there's definitely you know it, it's such a month by month business and and trying to keep momentum going and all those things that got kind of scary and also just trying to think about like you know there's the real life things of it is i'm like is you're just are people going to even want to buy comics or be able to like where are people's finances going to be at 
Um, also, just subject matter wise, I'm like, pretty fucking dark book. We'll see. <laughs> like, we'll, see we'll see. Like how excited in the midst of a global pandemic, people are like, I'd like to see some more suffering, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember uh, I, when we I read the first issue of Bliss for the first time, and I remember closing the book, and just it's one of those books you just ponder on for a while. Um, and there's certain books that you read and you feel an instant connection to, and that was Bliss for me. Uh, I, I naturally gravitate toward father-son stories, mm-hmm. as I know Oscar does also, and this, this one hit me immediately. Uh, I put myself in the shoes of Benton, uh, the main character there, and, and, I, and I just... I might make the same choices that he did as a father. Um, so my question, where was the idea for Blissborn and how personal is this book for you, Sean? It's really personal. I mean, you definitely hit it on the nail. I think, yeah. I think people who've been reading me for a while are also are like, oh, this feels more intimate, I think, than some of the other things I've done. You know, um, I mean, the idea, I think coming off Coyotes, Kate and I knew we wanted to do another book together. We threw around a couple of ideas that, thank God, we didn't do. Um, you know, like kind of rushing, like we were kind of rushing it at one point of like, we got to get another book out there, but the right idea hadn't come along. And then honestly, we were doing, we were, we were chatting back and forth on Twitter. Like we were DMing back and forth, just some ideas Hmm. and, um, or it wasn't even ideas. I think we were talking about kind of like politics in the world. And we were just like, it really came down to just like, how do you think some people live with themselves at night? Like, how do you think some people sleep at night with some of the things they do? And, and I just started thinking like, oh, what if what if there was a drug you could take that made it go away, that made like bad things go away? But a big part of that was coming from me kind of thinking about my own dad. Um, I, I have an amazing stepfather. And so I'm always worried my mom will listen to some of these things and be like, your dad was great to you. And I'm like, no, I'm talking, like, I'm not talking about him. Um, you know, my real dad was really, you know, I basically grew up with my mom, like single child. Like he was not, he wasn't a great dude. You know, when it comes down to it, he just wasn't a great dude. He 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 made some really, really bad decisions. Um, and as a kid, I didn't get it. You know, like when you're like there's so many times I remember like making my mom cry because he lived in Denver and my mom basically ran away to New York to get away from him. Yeah. But like there was times like around I think like probably around like fourth or fifth grade where he 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 showed he started contacting us and going like, I want to see my son after being gone for a while. Yeah. And I just remember like going out and doing trips with him and he would like, he would just like buy tons of shit. And like, he was fun and kind of wild, which at, yeah. you know, it was exciting, but I look back on it now and I'm like, what the fuck were we doing? <laughs> not have been in those places or doing those things. Like you shouldn't bring me to a bar. I shouldn't be meeting multiple girlfriends. You shouldn't be driving like that on a highway. But, you know, when you're like 11 or 12 and an adult, especially your dad, who you who you desperately want to be close to is talking to you and treating you like a friend. It was really addictive. And so I remember coming home from some of those trips and my mom, who was like a great mom, but like to this day, insanely strict and kind of like <laughs> overbearing, you know, overprotective, I will say, yeah. at least. Um you know, there'd be times where I would, we would get in fights and I would just be like, I, I want to live with my dad. He's so much better than you. And she'd be like crying because like she knew who I was really talking about. Yeah. And it was, and it, and it always comes out, you know, like the, the real person always ends up emerging, you know? So like I would do a weekend and it would feel really fun and cool. And then like, you know, it wouldn't take long for the reality of these things to emerge again. And so, so as Kate and I were talking about bliss, 
I think also because I'm so obsessed with my son and my son makes me think about my dad a lot. Um, and so it, in, in writing the book and thinking about like, what are the things people would want to erase? I don't know. I just kept thinking about my dad in some ways going like, I think some of the question for me was like, would my, does my dad, would my dad's past since like years ago, but I'm like, would he have wanted to erase things if he could, but also how was he able to live with all the things he was, he was doing, you know, like I remember going to his funeral and it was, it, that was the real thing that was fascinating. Sorry. I'm kind of rambling. This I is don't all, know. You're fine. No, it's it's good good stuff, man. Yeah. So, so I went to his, he passed away when I was in grad school. So that was like 2007. And I remember, I remember going to his funeral, driving out to Denver and it was it, during the funeral it was really interesting. They would call, they were calling people up to give remembrances of him. So people would just come up and take the microphone. And when I got there, there was a big picture of me and him when I was a kid and everybody kept coming up to me and they were like, Sean, you must be Sean. Rick talked about you all the time. He loved you so much. And I was just like, what the, f are we talking <laughs> like the same dude? Like, this is interesting. Cause he hasn't, he didn't call me for like over a decade. <laughs> Yeah. It was just like one of these weird things. But then like during the remembrances, people kept getting up and talking about all the amazing things that he had done for them and their children. Mm -hmm. Like there was a woman who got up and she, and she was just like, you know, he bought a car for me and my daughter. And like when my daughter wasn't, was going to get kicked out of Catholic school, he paid for it. And I just remember sitting there the whole time and I'm like, what the, f like anger, but also like yeah. confusion of like, who's this guy? I don't, I didn't know this guy. Um, and so that duality is always really fascinating to me. And so in the book itself, thinking about like Benton, you know, there's a lot, there's elements of my dad and also elements of me. Like, what are the things I would do for my son that I would make? Like, I feel the same as you. I'm like the decisions Benton makes in the book. I'm like, I'd do that for, for Eamon, for my kid. If, if that was all that was available. Um, but then there's also like, I think elements of, of me and Perry also where you're like, how do you forgive the dad who did unforgivable things? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, that to me is the book, right? It, it's, it's been just where I've been writing from on a, on a pretty regular basis. And Kate's been great. Cause you know, it's, it's hard to write that stuff sometimes. So she's been good at times of just calling out dishonesty. She's like, all right, like 19 out of these 25 pages are really honest. These six are not, I just go get them. I, they don't fit everything else. And then I'm like, all right, I got it. I got to go back in and make them more real. <laughs> That's so, cool. yeah. Man. Um, you got something, Oscar? I no, like I, was just, I was just going to say, like, you know, I mean, we could probably do uh, yeah. a week full of a show talking about uh, fathers and, and stuff yeah. we've been through in the past, you know, and uh, I hear you. And uh, there's just some stuff I wish I knew. I, I guess it just makes it different when you talk to the writer behind the story and it, it makes you think, uh, man, this, this means a whole lot more than what I got the first time reading it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I kind of wish that these, I, you know, we could talk to these writers before their books come out because I can imagine everybody else that hears this and thinks, oh, my God, like I got to read this for sure that maybe they didn't pick it up, you know, or whatever. And I just think it opens up another another side uh, to the story, you know, and I, I think I love that the most about getting to talk to uh, writers and creators of, of, of comic books because uh, – it just opens your mind to, to see that people are real, you know, that they are going through some things and uh, went through things in their life and, and, and it's very similar, you know? So, uh, but that's awesome, man. That's, that's, uh, 
that's good to hear. So I, it makes me excited. <laughs> Not about the bad things, but you know, but the, the <laughs> no, I I feel what you're saying though. It's almost like it almost sucks that there's not like a uh, a, a director's commentary to comic books at times because I yeah. I do think like you know there's some novelists I get obsessed with who you know I'll read a book and I'll like it at a surface level and then I'll I'll start reading like where it came from and I'm like oh I like this book so much better mm-hmm. because it's it's now. Like sometimes it's even just metaphor. Like bliss, bliss is kind of insane at times. Like there's there's like lizard gods and like yeah, other yeah. shit going on that are you know that are kind of you know fun comic book stuff. But I'm sure they're also bits of armor for me where I'm like, how do I make a metaphor out of that dude my dad used to hang out with? Like how do I do that in a way that's that's fun for the audience and not necessarily safe for me, but allows me to. Hmm. Allows me a little bit of distance to really make him a character as opposed to like, oh, that piece of shit that my dad used to hang out with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, talking about this, I can't help but but uh but think, you know, how we we gravitate towards things about like our past and our, our fathers or whatever. And uh, I don't know if you've heard or I know this is like a, a little bit off subject, but uh the scumbag, you know, it's a comic book that came out. Oh, yeah. and- <laughs> So I read that and I'm like, I can't, I dislike my biological father. I, he's a real scumbag, but reading this comic, it's like, I'm looking at his life and I'm, I'm getting to know what he's doing in his life. It's like, he's like, he's that kind of guy, you know, so it's kind of funny. (laughs) I mean, it it is one of the better, beautiful things about art at times that like, in a way it can allow you to enjoy your dad in a way that you might not, you know, and I know I've read, there's a ton of things I've read that like, kind of give me the same the same response right where i'm like oh this is actually allowing me in a safe way to kind of like deal with the <laughs> chat's really funny yeah. <laughs> yeah those guys are awesome in the chat man, oh, man. <laughs> really funny comment <laughs> oh man i i really i really appreciate how many how many topics and issues that the bliss tackles and we're you know yeah. we're talking about it right now how personal it is to you um, the thing about, I mean, it's only four issues in, and I feel like I've read a twelve-issue arc already. Honestly, it's it's deep. It's and and you, like I said, you're tackling all these issues. Um, I know within the first arc, we've covered issues of love, you know, family, addiction, um, difficult choices that many people can relate to. Uh, and I think a lot of writers try to achieve what you've done in tackling all these mm-hmm. issues in one cohesive story, and and again in four issues. Um, when you're writing a comic like this, I mean, how do you filter all those big ideas, the the lizards, the the mon- <laughs> and, and compress them into into a story like this, man? Well, I mean, the lizards are kind of what I was saying before about like with Hayden and Caitlin's art. Caitlin had said to me, "I want to draw some lizards, like I want to draw some sea kind of creatures." Yeah. <laughs> so, then it, so that part of it was me going like, "Okay, how do I, how the fuck do I make that work for me?" Um, but it did then let me go like, "Oh, there are these." people i remember my dad being around so like what if i just make those these mob gods sorry you're gonna hear my son he's doing karate in the hall. um but i think in terms of that like kate's been really great because she knows it's a really personal book so it's sometimes it's going through multiple drafts right like i'll write a full first draft she'll come back at me and be like i really love these points there's a couple of pages here i don't actually understand what's going on and then a lot of times that forces me to get more honest about it um, it's really, I mean, a lot of it is not trying to plan counterintuitively. It's, it's about not trying to plan too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Like it's really written month by month by me. Like it's really thinking like, okay, I, I have an understanding of like 
the overall plot mm-hmm. but but when we're talking about like getting into these deeper moments that stuff where like i've just been slowing i've been trying to slow everything down a bit more so we can spend more time in them and the good thing is is with kate i mean her art is fantastic so there's times where like she'll show me sketches she's working on for it and i'll see like like there's a there's a moment in issue two where like benton um and mabel or his wife are sitting down and she's calling him out on where he's been all night and then they look into the street and it's them dancing in the past yeah. like that that's really like kate kate i i kind of was like i think we need something to really make this stretch and then she showed me that page and then that helps me also at times go like okay i can now think about the next couple of pages completely differently because of what you yeah. just did so it's a very honest like back and forth between me and her um but yeah in terms of the themes i think this one it doesn't feel like juggling a lot partially because i think a lot of the themes are pretty close like unfortunately i've been around addiction a good amount and the the father and son relationships that they're having are both are pretty um prescient you know they're they're pretty they're pretty present in my own life so it they're just kind of there. It's a lot of time thinking about like what fucked up our family. <laughs> you know? Like I remember that. So like, how do I, how do I kind of put that a little bit on steroids? You know, like yeah. my dad never came back to murder my mom, but a scene where my dad is coming back and my grandparents and everyone are buckling down, like they're preparing for a war. Like I just, I, I know that scene, you know, like I, yeah. I remember that. Um, so it's a lot of that of just kind of pulling that moments from real life and going like, okay, how do we, how do I make that more uh, fantastical? But, but the base of what makes it real is, is often from something real. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. I love how you keep mentioning Caitlin too. I mean, she's your partner in crime of course, uh, mm-hmm. coyotes. I think, I think bliss is the best work of her career. Um, what's it's only her second book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did a Buffy short. I should, I should, I should, I should mention that too. But yeah, yeah, yeah she's unreal. Kate's it's unreal. A, I mean, I guess what's it been like evolving with Caitlin with you know it's your second book with her and and the talent that she brings to the table, man. I mean, she's amazing because like I still remember on Coyotes, getting the first couple of pages of those. So Ki- this is actually a good story about Coyotes, and I think exemplifies a lot about Kate. Hmm. So we put that book together. The few was already happening. And in the last hour, Kate turned to me, we had a full comic, like she had drawn 22 pages, first issue. And I got a frantic email from her and she said, you know what? It's not that good. She's like, I don't think the art's very good. I'm going to redraw the whole comic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean you redraw the whole comic? She's like, I have the script. I'm just going to redraw the whole thing. And I thought she was insane because what she had given me, I thought was super cool. Um, and then she came back with what ended up being the published first issue. And she's just been like that the whole time is like, every she's she's she takes so much pride in her work it's just consistently about like how am i getting better at all of this like even during bliss there's been times where like we'll hop on the phone to talk about something and she'll have just clicked over from a phone call and she'll be like oh i was talking to my friend he was trying he was telling me about like better better ways that i can draw hands or i was talking to a friend in animation he's been talking to me about how to make my action scenes flow a little bit better like so she's just constantly looking at herself and going how do i make all of my art that much better which i I, i'm always amazed because i'm like fuck man i think you're like the best (laughs) so if i were you i would be chilling out like i'd be having a drink and i'd be like i'm the best (laughs) 
<laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's been, I mean, it's really gratifying. Like I feel very honored that I've gotten to work with her and it's, it's cool to see her, how much she's grown. It's also been amazing now to start seeing even things she turns down, like the amount of opportunities that start coming her way and, and in ways being like, Oh, this is because of the work for both of us. Really? Yeah. I think for both of us, it's been awesome to go like, people were offering us things that I don't think either of us expected. And it's because of what we did together. I'm like, I think we're both like, that's fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's incredible. Sure. Dude. Incredible. And, and you know, if Caitlin doesn't know, you can tell her that she was uh, nominated for a uh, breakout artist of the year here with lost. In <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's um, very well deserved, man. And, I have to say, for me personally, I nominated Bliss uh, for Best Comic Series of 2020. It, it was a pick of the week for me, multiple issues. I absolutely love the book, and, and I can't wait for issue five coming out uh, next month, right? Yep, February. Awesome, awesome. So let's, uh, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Future State, Superman and Metropolis. How do you go from full indie writer to getting an opportunity to write one of the most iconic characters in DC Comics history, man? I mean, uh, not, I wouldn't say by accident, but definitely unexpectedly. Um, basically, I mean, I'll try and basically what happened is like 2019, Jamie Rich, who was the editor at Batman at that point, the Batman group, he read Thumbs okay. and he really dug Thumbs and he reached out to me and he was like, do you want to pitch any stuff to Emmett, to, to us? And he, he went back and read Coyotes as well. And he was like, your voice is really interesting. Like what, what heroes would you be interested in at DC? Like not that we're going to hire you for it, but if you were like, if you were going to make pitches, I was like, okay. Um, you know, and I, I, so I threw out a list and on the list, one of them was Superman. I was like, I'd be really fascinated to kind of play, like see what it would be like to do a Superman story. Mm -hmm. And, um, he wrote me back and he was like, well, that's interesting. Cause I'm now moving from Batman to Superman. Like I'm move, I'm going to be the editor over there. Mm -hmm. And this was right when 5g was still kind of in conversation. Mm -hmm. And so he came back and he was like, all right, here's the deal. And I'll be, and Jamie's been awesome. Cause he's always been like, just straight up, almost like painfully honest. And he was like, here's the deal. So I'm allowed to submit three writers for the new Superman book for 5g. I, one of them's going to be like a super famous writer. One of them's going to be like an industry vet that everybody knows. And he's like, I'm allowed one unknown. He's like, I'm, I want to put you forth as the unknown. I was like, that's cool. And so then what happened from that was like, I started putting together a bunch, I had to put together a bunch of documents of like, what would a multi-year run of, of a Superman book that I wrote be? Mm. So I went through all of that and it was going really, really well. Um, I do know that I, I think there was definitely some concerns about like, well, he's unknown. Do we want to give him a, a full, like such a big book, which I understand too. And then, then everything kind of exploded, right? Like the Dio left, COVID happened. And I didn't hear from anybody and I thought it was all over. Like, I was just like, I, I, I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll talk to Jamie when things calm back down, but it, it got very quiet and I was just focusing on bliss. And then um, probably around May or June, end of May, early June, I got an email saying like, we're going to be doing this thing called future state. Would you be interested in writing guardian? Like these guardian backup stories. And I was like, I don't know who guardian is, but yes, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm happy to do it. But you, you're going to have to tell me who this person is. So they sent me some issues, like some 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 back issues that had, had Guardian in it. And I started putting together that pitch. And then um, we actually, we had had a summit with all of the writers that were going to be involved with the Superman stories. And 
the only person who wasn't there was whoever was was the Superman of Metropolis. And literally like a day or two later, they reached out and they were like, would you be interested in doing Superman of Metropolis as well? Which I was like, fuck. I mean, yes, I, I was kind of crazy, but yes. Yeah. Um, and so that had to be like mid, fuck, I, the timeline's a little messed up for me, but I feel like that's like mid-June, end of June. And so so then we started working on on Metropolis and it was a lot of like, then it was a little, little bit of like, what are the things they already had planned for the character and for the run? And then it was also looking at like, there's so many books in the Superman family that a, a lot of it was also me going like, we knew Metropolis was going to be the first one out. So it was like, what are things that are happening in the other books that have to be set up in, in this book? Yeah. So it was kind of, it's, it was very fascinating experience, <laughs> but it came on, like it was just kind of surprise after su surprise. That's awesome, dude. I mean, with an opportunity like this, I mean, it's also a huge responsibility to write a character like Superman with so much history yeah. Uh, obviously fans, uh, you just got to take a little peek on Twitter and you can see, I mean, how much these characters mean. Right. And, and fan, fans obviously get a little crazy about the characters and how they're written. Um, so, I mean, just tell us who is John Kent to you, uh, as Superman, uh, Sean? Well, like, you know, we had that whole conversation about bliss. And so, you know, there were certain recipes, like I, there were certain ingredients I was given from the forefront that it was like, I know that like he's going to bottle the city. Like that was something that was given. It was like, we, he has to bottle the city. We know that Superwoman's going to have her own book and that she's going to go off to this other place. So we've got to set that up. We know that Midnighter's going to have this fight with this guy named Trojan. So we've got to set, there was a lot of things where it was like, all these other people are showing up. So how do we fit that in? So then for me, it became like, okay, I got a lot of shit going on. So how do I, how do I get into it? And for me, the, the John Kent story for me personal, the only way I know how to work is personally. Mm -hmm. so it became kind of a father-son story, which is interesting because Clark's absent, right? Like he's not in it. And so it became a lot for me about like, what are the mistakes that our parents made that we hope not to make, but usually end up making anyway, right? Like what are those cycles that we get we fall into? And so I was like, what are some cyclical things that, that John Kent can run into that like his dad will have hoped he wouldn't, but he does. And then another big one was just like, how do you step out of the largest shadow possible? Like if your dad is the most perfect human being, like it's almost the opposite of what I lived with, right? Like if your dad's the most perfect human being or the most perfect being that the universe has known, how do you, how do you live up to that? Mm -hmm. Those became the two things where I was like, okay, thematically, I'm most interested in how John becomes become Superman to himself. Hmm. You know, like, it's kind of like, um, like I think of relatives of mine, I think of myself at times too. Like you're kind of not really an adult until you actually take the responsibility of being an adult, right? Like you can be, I know guys who are 44 years old. They're not adults, mm -hmm. right? They're not grownups, right? They've never taken the responsibility of it. They have kids that they don't interact with. They, they, they like don't have job. They like, they just don't take any of that on. So it, there's a there's a thing that I think we don't talk about enough, and I think men don't talk enough about, like in terms of masculinity, even of like what's the point where you decide that you're that you're taking on the responsibility of being a grown up, of being your best version of what you think a man should be, and so that became what was interesting to me of like how do we explore this with Jonathan? Like everyone's telling him he's Superman, but does he believe it yet? Has he earned it yet? 
What does yeah. he have to do to become it? I, I definitely can. I can definitely sense that in the story. Um, you know, just some general thoughts. You know, I'm a fan of what you're doing with with Superman Future State. Read the first issue last uh, last week. Um, the whole idea of of John making these huge decisions that that he never had to make as Superman's son, uh, now having to to take the man, you know, take the the cape, and uh, he's now having to make those decisions as Superman. And uh, not everyone's going to agree with with John, right? Supergirl, for instance, is is not in agreement with what John has done to Metropolis, um, but he feels it's in the best interest of the city. Um, I love that in the future, 20, 2050, I think it's based in, um, there's still remnants of Brainiac that are still haunting uh, Superman and his family. So you still get some of that history of Superman in there. Uh, also like that the Metropolis is looking a lot like Gotham. Uh, I think it adds a whole new layer of intrigue to, to Superman. Um, it really feels, it, it feels good to have a fresh Superman story with a new villain, uh, but still building on the history of these characters. So I guess uh, for anyone that hasn't picked up Future State, Superman and Metropolis, what would you tell them to change their mind and just give it a shot and pick it up? Um, <laughs> Change your mind. I, the world we live in, how do you get people to change their <laughs> mind? It's like an amazing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's very little I'd change about it, to be honest. I think, like for me, what I was trying to do is how do I make a fun, exciting, Silver Age style Superman story like like a Superman story that I grew up reading like from the 70s or 80s which I guess post post Silver Age but like these kind of like fun sci-fi s stories mm. that still had the thematic of 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 what this guy's going through I think sometimes people get frustrated with the level of like I want to see John be a hero and and like he's he's like fucking up a lot <laughs> like, yeah you know, so much it's hard for me to root for him that's a tough one for me because like for me, dramatic structure is all about you beat the hero down until the hero truly emerges. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just what I'm personally interested in in my athletes and in my stars, like those guys, like those humble, humble beginnings, mm -hmm. you know? And I think people who get like frustrated with like possibly the decision he makes part of one thing I would say is it's been so easy for his dad like his dad doesn't slip up, right? Like that's impossible for a child, right? Like, like I think growing up underneath someone who doesn't make mistakes, it makes like, it's kind of shocking when you can't make those decisions as quickly. I mean, shit, I've had friends, I've had friends who had specific talents, like even if it's just like throwing a baseball and I watch them do it and I'm like, oh, I see how they did it. And then I do it. I'm like, fuck, this is a disaster. This is not, <laughs> not what I can do. Yeah. I think like, I think definitely, I, I guess what I would say more than anything is if you do give it a shot, giving the, giving the, the arc of it a shot is that like the things you might be concerned about with John, if you're worried about him being a hero, he's going to be a hero. Like there's no, there's no question about that. Like the end of the arc will definitely confirm his, his heroic yeah. tendencies. And if you have dad issues, the second issue will probably be great for you. <laughs> I was thinking uh, when you were mentioning about, uh, you know, how you're, how you're writing him and, and if he truly believes he's Superman, I, I guess it's not clear yet. Uh, but the thing I thought of is, is Clark even still like around period? Like, is he just somewhere else? Because I, as I would imagine if he thinks, well, my dad's somewhere in the universe, 
there's got to be something mentally that's like, well, he'll probably have my back if I do screw up too bad. If you screw up, it'll get solved for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. that's another part of it that I'm makes me curious, and, and because there has no been no indication about that stuff yet, you know. But uh, right. he is but, in the universe. Clark is is. You're very apt. He's he's right. in the universe, and also with Kara. Mm. Things things I think are important to remember with Kara at this point is that like she's the most powerful person in the universe. And she was not only passed over to become Superman, but she was passed over to for her younger nephew, who, <laughs> yeah. who may or may not be ready for this job. So when it's like, how is she frustrated or angry? I'm like, you ever been passed over for a job you deserved? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'll yeah. do it. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting depressed over here. I got dad issues, job issues, man. <laughs> oh, oh man, let's bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're, we've we've already hit the uh, the hour mark with you, Sean. We just, let's take a couple questions from the uh, from the chat here. Um, there was a Dark Knight Nation uh, Oscar, I think I saw on there a bit ago. Yeah, I'm looking for it real quick. As, I, as I'm looking for these questions, I did have a question about, and maybe yeah. I missed it. I don't know, but uh, the decision to not have a uh, a cape on on John is mm. where, where did that come from? That inherited. Like that's uh that there's some decisions like the bottling that were just always part of what it was going to be. I think uh, the logic I'm kind of guessing at this, but my my assumption is the logic would be of how to make a full separation between mm. him and, and Clark. Mm. Um you know it's interesting. I was on a podcast yesterday where they were talking about like it, it reminded them a little bit of Invincible, which I wonder if there's a level of like how do you is the feeling that it'll make him a sleeker, younger hero. But, but yeah, that was something, a lot of those designs were done way before I showed up. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. Okay. So it was the dark Knight nation, right? Question. Yeah. There you go. Curious about how comfortable Sean felt about having to do all this setup for two issues. Uh, comfortable is an interesting (laughs) word. I mean, it's pretty daunting to write Superman to begin with, you know, like even if it was go off and, there's no constraints on you write what you want. It's such a huge fandom. It's such a big character that like, I don't know that you ever feel fully comfortable. Um, It was definitely a challenge, like figuring out like how do you kind of set the table for a couple of other books Hmm. while trying to write your own book. Yeah. Definitely a, a big, a big challenge. I wouldn't say uncomfortable. I think in some way, in a weird way, it probably actually, it allowed me to take some pressure weirdly off myself because it was kind of like I played a lot of sports growing up and um, I was always really good at being like the utility person that was like, oh, I'm, I can't shoot as well as this guy. I can't rebound, as, as, but I can hustle. I can hustle and I can set up the, the I can set up the offense. I can do some things on defense. And so it kind of felt a bit like that of like, oh, we're all operating as a team in this Superman group. And so my job is to kind of point guard this. Mm. Is like, how do I set up the field so all the passes of the next couple of books make sense? And then when we get to the second book, I'll feel much more comfortable taking shots, right? Like once everything is set. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting exercise in like, we'll take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then and then yeah. try and make it cohesive. That's That's awesome. That's a good way to put it, man. Uh, When writing Superman, do you think of how you want your five-year-old to view him? I mean, a big reason why I took the job and mentioned Superman to begin with was my son, Mm. without question. He has a Superman doll he's obsessed with, right? (laughs) He got when he was two. He walks around the house with. And I always think about it because I'm like, is it just the colors or like what draws him? Or like if if we're watching an animated cartoon, he gets really drawn to Superman. 
And yeah, I mean, I mean, fuck, the world is so nuts right now. I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But, um, you know, I mean, he's five. So there's a lot of times where I'm thinking about like, what, what's the moral, who or what is the moral core or the moral center he has to look to? Like, who's the person he can look to in the world right now and outside of his parents, right? And go, and that's like giving us a lot of credit and go like, like, I look at that person. I know they're, I, I know that they're good and I would like to be like them. And that I think at the best is Superman is like how, and I, at the same time, I think it also informs my, my interest in John. My son sits down in the morning all day and writes and draws his own comics because he sees me write and draw comics all the time and finish them. And he crawls up in my lap and he immediately is like asking for a validation. And so there's definitely, I think things playing in my interest in John where I'm like, what is it to seek that validation? Like, what is it to have a dad you look up to astronomically and, and need their approval and how devastating is it? Cause at the same time, my son, when he feels like he doesn't have me or my wife's approval, he, he gets so insanely upset. Like the tantrum is, and me, me and my wife will look at each other. Like what the fuck happened? Like, I, I, I like, I don't know what I said or did, but he feels like I don't love him or approve of him in this moment. And I think that's, I mean, I think on the, on the high level, I'm interested in a Superman that makes my son feel like the there's good in the world and that it's, it's, it's important to make good and right and just decisions. And I also want him not to feel alone in those moments where he he wants the world to see him as good when he's still just trying. Like I, I think that's a big fascination of mine in general is it's hard to be good. I don't think we talk about that ever. Like it's really fucking hard to be good at all times, right? And, and people take that to an extreme. They're like, what are you saying? It's easy. Like you, you want to be bad? And I'm like, no, but it's. It's easy to be bad. It's easier to not care. It's easier to look out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I think like that's a massive, mm-hmm. massive wrestling match. And it and I I think it needs to be acknowledged more often that like being good and trying to do good is fucking very hard. And you're gonna mess up a lot while you're trying to do it. And so I I just kind of through all my writing, I hope when he gets old enough to read it, there's those threads in it. Cause I think for me, it's about like, how do you make an audience not feel alone? And I, I don't want him to feel like Superman's so perfect, Batman's so smart. I'm neither of these things. How can I be good? I'm like, that's that's not interesting to me. Like, I mean, that's a disaster to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want I want him to feel like he can he can achieve those things too. And and there's going to be failure in it. Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, Let's let's take that last one from Mason here. Any, any chance on more titles expanded in the world of bliss? Oh, I'd fucking love to. (laughs) Yeah. I I would, I would live in that world for ever. If I, I mean, for a long time, um, maybe, I mean, I would I would never say never. I know that, as soon as it's over, Kate is immediately into a very big project that's going to probably take her away for over a year to two years. Oh, so, but I, I, the possibility of going back and doing one shots and delving into some of those other characters, I mean, I would, I would love to. There's, there's honestly, there's still things in Coyotes I'd like to go back and expand, but it only so much time, and I can't draw. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And I, I would I would so love to have Caitlin on all you know keep her on all those books, but I mean even at some point possibly getting some other artists on on 
on a one shot or something like that. But yeah, definitely preferably Caitlin. Just tell yeah. Clear. <laughs> we, you know, we, we work so definitively as partners on the books. It's it's even hard to think how, like, what it would be like to bring another artist in. Not even so much on the, their style, but I'm like, it. Our work process is just is just very entwined. That I'm like, oh, this would be really hard to replicate. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell. You can tell that the the art and the writing are just so cohesive, man. It's it. It could be one of those books that you think the writers drawing the, you know, is the, is the artist also it's, it's, it's great, man. Um, are there any upcoming projects that you can tell us about Sean? I think I have one coming up that I can't talk about the moment I can, I will. I think you guys specifically will be pretty excited about it. Oh man. Awesome. Um, it'll probably get announced in like a month. I'm, I'm, I hate the one thing I do hate about the comic industry is how often we have to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I have a pretty big, project i'm working on with a longtime hero of mine that will that will come out soon um hayden sherman and i are gonna we have a, a very fucked up supernatural western coming out in the summer oh, man. um which will be fun and then i think there's a kickstarter coming out for a a kind of like a red dawn meets 30 days of night vampire book i i wrote a year ago so it's it'll be busy it's gonna be a busy spring good very good well we yeah. will uh, we'll be looking out for all that stuff and we're definitely, we'll help you promote it out on the, uh, on the socials, man. Cause we, you know, we, if we weren't fans already, man, this, this has solidified it for us, uh, <laughs> it's fun, man. It's, it's nice to get to talk about, not just about comics, but to talk about them in a deeper way than, yeah. than I think we often get to. Absolutely, man. Um, Oscar, let's show him the, uh, you are now officially on the hall of fame there. <laughs> right there on the left so uh there's oh violence on the show too rom this is awesome yeah yeah you're, you're part of the hall of fame sean so welcome to the hall of fame and uh dude we're, we're we're so excited for everything you're doing sean i mean bliss uh Thanks. superman we're huge fans of your work can't wait to see where the superman goes in the rest of the story um thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us uh on this thursday afternoon man absolutely yeah thank you guys uh, yeah, before you take off, man, just want to uh, just say as well, you know, that you're you were extremely awesome to talk to. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that you could be so real. Uh, you know, a lot of subjects could be, you know, like I don't want to mention that stuff, but it's it's made you feel uh, really down to earth, man. So I had a great time, and uh, again, thank you for coming on the show as well. Uh, me too. This has been a total pleasure. Awesome, Sean. We'll, we'll hopefully get you on again at some point, uh, maybe at the end of the year for the award show. We'll see what happens. Anytime, just let me know. All, All right, right man. Thank you. Awesome. It, man. Take care. Right. Take care, guys. All right. Oh man, man, Oscar. Woo! What do we dude. do now? <laughs> that was, uh, man. We say this after every interview, dude. But yeah, man, there, we haven't had a person on this show that I've been like, oh wow, that guy was not good, or yeah, but, dude. Sean, hearing what he has to say about, I, I told, dude, I, when I read Bliss uh, for the first time, just like I told him. There were so many things I picked up on, of course, the father son relationship, mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 stuff with the addiction, the family stuff. Um, and I knew that it had to be personal for for Sean. Um, but to hear him actually, you know, to to hear it come from his mouth to kind of share with us some of those those uh, everybody in the chat's been talking about right, the dad issues. Um, but for him to be so real and to 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 give us that information and to share it with us, dude. It's, yeah. 
that's incredible, man. And it and it gives you such a deep appreciation for the work, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it really did, man. So that's uh, here. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to give uh, when we talk just a little bit about future state, I'm going to give my uh, my favorite books of the future state. And I think I'm going to move up Superman now. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, um, guys, I mean, we're already at an hour, 15 minutes. It's already been an incredible show. If you need to go use the restroom, I'd recommend doing so right now. Uh, we don't have an intermission here, but uh, go do it right now. I and mean, we have some more fun planned for you. We're going to talk about new comics. I'm going to open up a couple little packages right now for a little mail call. Is that right? Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Again, if you need to go use the restroom, do your thing. Um, but come back because we're about to do the second half of the show. And this is what it's all about, man. Getting lost in comic books on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. I'm having a great time. Um, so little mail call, man. I'm going to I'm gonna start off with... You know the excitement you guys get when you when you get a box in the mail and then you get to open it? We like to share that excitement with you, right? So here's a little package we got here. I'm kind of lacking room, space here for opening. And I did go ahead and pre-cut this so that way when we open it up, it says, Merry Christmas, sirs. Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. <laughs> This package, guys, is from platinum member of the show, Adam Janis. Adam, platinum Whoa. level man. Adam sent us. Oh, we got a little uh, something from Adam, huh? Awesome. We got something from Adam, dude. This is awesome, dude. You're gonna love this. This is two copies, one for the each of us. Shirtless bear fighter number one, bear fighter. signed yeah. by both the artist and the writer. Oh yeah. Uh, you can see the signature there. Oh man, we got some green screen uh, activity going on here. But um, dude, this is dude Adam. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam. Dude, that is that is awesome, man. I, I, I'm I've been looking forward to reading. I don't have any of these. I've been looking for these for a while. Uh, I want to read it because I've I've been very curious about it. But to get a number one to read and then have it autographed, man. Very Adam, clever, dude. Adam, you are the man. Uh, man, that's, that's great. A great Christmas present right there, and this is uh got the certificate of authenticity on the back of both of these. Uh, hell yeah, hell yeah, dude, Adam, man, you can freaking make me cry, bro. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. Both signatures, number one, cover A, signed uh, with certificate of authenticity, and uh, that's from Midtown Comics certificate of authenticity. So that makes it even more real. So, Adam, yeah. dude, thank you so much, man. Yeah, uh, thanks, from from Oscar and I, man, this is just this is incredible, dude. Yeah. All right, I'm going to open up a second package here. Second little mail call here. Uh, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. When I get a when I get a comic in the mail, I don't like for them to be in this like kind of like thin uh, type of envelope like this. Adam did it right. He sent it in like a Gemini mailer. A mailer. It's just better structure. Um especially for what I'm about to open up here. So let's just, hopefully, everything's okay inside the box. And this one, I'm going to open up. I think you can always tell who, like, uh, who who uh, is a comic person that ships and who isn't a comic person that ships because... Definitely. It'll come, <laughs> it'll come not packaged correctly, I think. <sighs> Thankfully, we got cardboard, so that's always a good sign. Um, man, If you, I hate getting those books in those envelopes. You open it up and there's no cardboard. 
So, and it's a good amount of cardboard. So the book is fully covered around the edges. Very good. Good signs, good signs. Got a little scissors here. I'm gonna cut this tape. Suspense. <laughs> All right, all right, here we go. There you go. Tim's got a question for you there. Chris, how's the new throne? This is my this is now my second favorite uh throne, uh Tim. Of course, you know, the restroom, that's the best, most comfortable, best place to read comic books. But dude, honestly, dude, this chair is it's amazing, man. It really is. I'm I'm I feel like I could sit here a couple of hours, to be honest with you, a few hours. All right, guys, this is it. This is Batman, issue number 423, the McFarlane oh, Batman wow. cover there. Oh, man, I have been wanting to get this issue for quite some time, guys. Ah, oh, feels so good to have it in my hand. First print, Batman, issue 423. Beautiful, awesome, dude. Is that, is that your only one, or is that is that uh, your first? You have more than that, or is that just the first one? This is my first one of this. I have not had this issue. Um, you see the McFarlane or McFarlane uh, right there. Yeah, the bat logo. Do you have Where'd this? You it? No, I don't have it yet, man. Uh, I, I've been I've been kind of looking for it for a little bit, but not not super crazy. Yeah. But uh, I do. It's something I do want. I want the spawn one actually. The yeah. <laughs> The homage cover to this yeah, one. Yeah. Cover. yeah, yeah. Where'd you where'd you pick yeah. that up at? I got this on eBay. So eBay. yep. Awesome. First print, dude. Man, there we go. Let me kiss it. Ah, better not. There's probably germs on it, but <laughs> blow it a kiss. Oh man. Beautiful, yeah. man. Batman 423. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Are you ready for this? It's time to get to. New comic book day? It's new comic book oh day! God, new comic book day! Happy new comic book day! <laughs> all right. I hope y'all love all the little intros we, we did for this, this new year, man. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. All right. Lots of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's new year. We got we gotta, we had to step it up, man. The 2020 is over. It's like, man, we got we to gotta get with get with the times here, man. So. We're, we, we think we're more interesting and funny than people give us that think we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I hope it's not the case, man. I hope, but, uh, <laughs> all right, man, it's new comic book day talk time. And there was a lot of new comics yesterday. Um, some people didn't pick up a whole lot. If you're not reading future state, I guess yesterday would not have been a, a big comic haul for you, yeah. but, uh, I am definitely trying to read, uh, future state. I'm trying to read at least one issue of every book um, to give it a shot, and most of them are, are either one or two issues long. Um, so, uh, I, I just want to go. I just want to mention real quick, bro. Uh, when we were talking about future state, mm -hmm. you said that you would not be picking up every <laughs> issue. <okay? laughs> and uh, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on. I feel a little bit betrayed, but uh, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not going to pick up every issue. Even though it is difficult, because I'll, I'll hear you mention something or I'll hear yeah. somebody something, and I, it makes me a little curious. But I remember when we first started getting into comics, and we got everything rebirth, and I refused to make that mistake again. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I have to live through you, and you have to tell me what's up because it's understandable. <laughs> it's understandable, and and the thing about it is, um, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know what to say, dude. I, I, I can't, uh, I couldn't stay like, so I see him on the wall and I'm having a hard time not picking him up because I've, I've, I'm hearing good things about some of these books. I want to try him out. I want to be able to tell our, our people about it, you know, and so they can know whether to pick it up or not. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, it's all we have in DC right now. And I'm like, my curiosity gets peaked and I can't help myself, dude. This, yeah. this is one time where I'm having a hard time restraining myself. But after I've read a few of them, I don't have a problem not picking up the second issue of some of these comics, which we will talk about here in just a couple of minutes. But let's start off, guys. We do our pick of the week every time we have new comic book day. And this is the book that stood out to us that kind of rose above the rest of them. So let's start off, Oscar, with your pick of the week. What did All you right. pick, man? Let me go with I picked I went with um, let me get this on the screen here. <laughs> uh, number one by image comics uh writer w maxwell prince art vanessa del vanessa del rey colors chris o'halloran uh, letters <laughs> letters good old neon i don't know if that's a guy or a company that's doing letters but i always <laughs> like when somebody does like <laughs> they don't put like their real name or they just put like a, a first name uh but anyways uh so <laughs> <laughs> the writer of Ice Cream Man brings his signature storytelling to the world of clowns. Ha ha is a look at the sad, scary, and hilarious life of those who get paid to play the fool. But these aren't your typical jokers. Uh, I know I have felt like the, like the fool in my job and I uh, have to strain my brain to see the positive things in life uh, sometimes also. So I could definitely, uh, you know, share some of the points of this story. Uh so from what I gather, this will be a wide-ranging slew of stories about funny men and women uh, proving that things are so sad, you just have to laugh. Uh, mm -hmm. So great jumping on point uh, since it is an issue number one. Uh, I love the art. The art is it's a little dark and gritty, uh, uh, which I do enjoy, but it still had the details in, in the pages, so I like that. Uh, the ending was very spooky in an ice cream kind of way, ice cream man kind of way. So uh, if ice cream man is a, is a love of you of yours, then you're definitely going to love Ha Ha. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, let me show a couple of these panels of the art real quick. I have to, I have to, it's, it's the name of the book, man. Yeah. Uh, but I love this little this last panel right here when he's talking about you know that he pays he keeps the lights on and then the lights cut off right after the lights cut off. I love that. I think that's literally happened to me in my life at least once uh, where I'm talking. Yeah, like about at least I'm bringing in I'm I'm bringing in the bacon, babe. I'm, look at yeah. the lights are on and then all of a sudden the lights yeah. just go out. Exactly. Internet so, goes out. Electricity goes out. Yeah. That's so, cool. Dude. Great, great pick, yeah. man. Um, yeah. It was it, really. The main character, right, the clown, his name's Bart, uh, and it would seem that that he's down on his luck in almost every aspect of his life, uh, from his wife and kids thinking that he's a joke. Um, you know, I just want to say real quick, this is a review portion of our show, so there are minor spoilers. Uh, just want to throw that out there, guys. Uh, nothing major, but uh, hopefully not too major. But we want to tell you about these books, and we want you to make an informed decision. Um, again, so Bart, you know, loses... Uh, loses his job um, and then at the end something very tragic happens to him I won't I won't go into the details there but uh, all these things they haven't taken away from the fact that Bartleby that's his clown name uh, yeah. thinks he's the luckiest man in the world um, this book was it was amazing dude not only was was the writing exactly what you would expect from uh, W Maxwell Prince uh, writer of ice cream man weird 
creepy, very introspective, but the art was, it was insane. Uh, the panels uh, where he gets, um, I don't want to, where that tragic thing happens to him at the end uh, is continuing. He's continuing to have thoughts in the process of that tragedy, that tragedy. Um, those panels, they're so beautifully drawn, just very yeah. trippy, cool art going on. Um, the colors really popped in every panel. Um, this this was a hit for me. And and if you hadn't picked it first, it would have been my pick of the week as well. Um, it, I think it's a clear favorite this week, although we had some other very good books. Uh, I already can't wait to read the next uh, next well, issue. I have a, I have a, a little I don't know if anybody from our local comic shop watches the show. Uh, but I, I had a little bit of a of a of a hissy fit. I had a, a real uh, Karen kind of moment at the store. Uh, <laughs> I because uh, I. I just thought it was going to be like regular number one, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal. And uh, so the morning I'm, I'm headed into the store and uh, I call my shop and I say, Hey, can you just throw one in my box? You know? And, and uh, you know, they tell me, well, they're $15 and I'm like 15 bucks for a, I mean, it's a cover price book. It's not a one in, you know, 25 or anything like that. And they're like, well, it's a hot book and this and that. And I'm like, just put it in my box and I'll, I'll deal with it when I get there. Yeah. And I get there, they give me my books, and everybody's just kind of giving me this, like, <laughs> because I was like making a big deal about it being fifteen bucks, right? And uh, so I, I go talk to the our friend Rob, you know, the manager there, and I, I kind of tell him like, look, man, like this is a regular, a regular cover, you know, just because it's it's a hot book, you know, I don't want the price jumped up on me. I just want to read it, you know. I'm not trying to resell it. I'm not trying to make any money, you know. And and uh, so they helped me out there, giving it to me uh, at at, uh, at cover price, you know, but. Uh, there was a second there when I wasn't for sure what if I was gonna wind up paying the fifteen or I wasn't even sure, you know. So but you, uh, you you would have paid the fifteen, right? If you had, I, had I I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a pandemic. I, I've been out of I've been out of work, you know. So I I, I don't have the same money that I used to to buy, yeah. buy a book for fifteen bucks. So, uh, you know, I I would have had to sit there for like at least five minutes staring at the book in the store, deciding whether I wanted to spend fifteen bucks or not. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe when you told me that that they were upcharging. I mean, I had it uh, in my I had it on my pull list, so you know it was in my book in my box. So I just took it and went to the front like normally paid cover yeah. price. And when you told me that, I was like, "Wow, dude!" Like, but it makes sense because when I I did go a few hours after you, and when I looked on the wall, there were no copies of Haha. So yeah. I guess obviously other people did. Um, yeah, a burrito. Sir, I should look at it. I did. I I I immediately called around. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody else in town was sold out already. Uh, well, I think they didn't he's paying like, for another shop, like yeah. Yeah, uh, I have thought about that as well. Uh, that's yeah, another yeah. show, though. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, anyways, that that was my pick, and I rated that a. Uh, you know, huh? You dick boy, oh boy, three. So, yeah, yeah, a three. Wow, man. I... Yeah, the, so. Of course, you know, on the show, I, I, I'm kind of making my my uh, my goal this year to be a little bit more of the heel, I guess okay. you would say, kind of speak right. my mind a little more. I love the book, okay? I really did. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I did have a slight little problem with it being like their one-off stories like Ice Cream Man was. That's yeah. the only thing that I kind of like, eh, I don't know if I, it just, I like something that connects sort of, um, and Ice Cream Man has been a big hit, you know, so... But yeah. that's one reason I didn't rate it higher was just because it's, it'll be a it'll be a one off every time. But uh, yeah, not too big a deal, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> great pick, bro. Great pick. I, I I love the book, man. I loved it. So 
Um, my pick of the week, I think people will be surprised with this because there was a lot of other books that came out and some people didn't pay. I, I'm noticing people didn't pay attention to this book. Um, Adam, friend of the show, he did not pick up this book. I put a comment on his Twitter when he put all the books that he had that he had got yesterday. This is my pick of the week, and it is Man's World Number One from AWA Upshot Studios, written by Victor Gishler, art by Nico Walter, colors by Snakebite Cortez, and letters by Anne World Design. This is this is an amazing book. Um, I do when I when I do all my reading, I go through the books, you know. And the way I determine my pick of the week is what book made me feel something, right? Like what actually gave me the feels, you know, like whether that's emotional, whether it's funny, whether it's an adventurous, whatever gave me those feels and I felt something, that is my pick of the week. Um, so let me just tell you a little bit about this. Uh, in the future, sometime after the year 2290, it's a long way in the future, uh, four friends go on an off-planet retreat to a place called Man's World. A place where everything is green and unsettled, where man hasn't polluted the air and nature is at its best. Uh, in man's world, there are adventures to be had at every turn, whether that's uh, photographing the largest known species of butterflies with a nine-foot wing wingspan, um, blazing across the sky in a safari barge, or getting the rush of harpooning a dinosaur. All this is possible in man's world. Um, the story is driven by the world building uh, by the world building that's taking place on another planet, along with the incredible character development of these four friends led by their leader, Duncan, who obviously has a lot of money. He's also a well-known fighter from the U.S. Um, Larry, who is the owner of 311 Rosie, uh, 311 Rosie Big Burger locations. Uh, Max, who we haven't heard a lot about. So they don't really talk about him too much in the story. And the narrator of the story, kind of the main character, Vince, who's the fourth friend who is freshly divorced and he's also just lost his kids. Um, so Vince has pretty has been pretty down since the divorce. And while he tends to hold back on life, his friends and have other plans uh, for him on this trip to man's world. Uh, while they're going there for the first uh, time and for the time of their life, some things go wrong and getting in a fight at a bar with some locals is kind of how how things kind of go south. Um, I thought the art, the story, colors just blend so well for this futuristic off-planet off story. Um, without being extremely wordy, uh, the writer Victor Gishler does a great job of giving us plenty of details, not only introducing you to new characters, a new world, but also getting invested in them very quickly in one issue. I thought this book was just so much fun. It's been a long time. Um, but that feeling when you go out with your boys, you know, like uh, when you and I used to go out on Thursday nights, and have some <laughs> drinks. Um, you start saying and doing a bunch of dumb stuff. Uh, I got that. I got those type of feels reading this book, and I thought that was that was a lot of fun. And it made me feel something, uh, yeah. which is what I'm which I'm looking for right in the pick of the week. Uh, and of course, this is an excellent jumping on point for new readers, being an issue number one. And the issue is only five ser uh, five issues, guys. So I would definitely recommend picking this up if you liked anything I just said about the book. For me, it was my pick of the week. Awesome. And I'm going to give it. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you, you uh, read it? Because yeah, you didn't I, read it at first. I didn't. I didn't pick it up from my from the. I didn't actually pick it up in print. I I kind of like uh, just wasn't for sure about it. But yeah. I read the digital because we have the the previews. And uh, I I actually thought like, man, I should have picked this up yesterday. I, I got to get it now. I really did enjoy this story. Uh, I I don't know if this is me just nitpicking this year or, or whatever. But 
The only problem I had with this book, everything was great, uh, but I like a little more uh, acting in the in the way the characters are drawn. And that was the one thing that like you consistently kind of see is like their faces mm-hmm. all kind of like have a same kind of like expression, you know, except for when it's really, really like an action sequence, then of course it's, it's different. Mm. But for the most part, it's, it's, I, I I'd like to see a little more in the faces of, of how they're drawn, but the story itself is a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great story, man. I was really surprised and I regretfully did not pick it up, but I, I will. So uh, I'm definitely going to be in on this one for sure. So very cool. Very cool. Um, I gave that story for jabronis you know huh? absolutely love that book four well actually i'm gonna give it a 4.25 <laughs> i really i really did like the book a lot man and and like i said that i got that whole feeling of like hanging out with the boys man hanging out with you uh those thursday nights we used to hang out watch football and have some drinks and and i thought man what if we went to another planet and we just hung out and started doing some crazy stuff killing dinosaurs and stuff like that Pre, pre-pandemic days man pre-pandemic day. days man um ben i'm seeing that he is kind of new to collecting and reading comic books ben welcome to the best hobby in the world man and, and thank you for joining us being part of the lost in comics family uh, collecting re- religiously but got my first comic from my wife back in 2017 it was tkj dude that's awesome he said he's just kind of starting to get back into it dude me too i don't know if this is cole uh, i think it's cole um but yeah i miss that too man those days man so let's talk about uh, let's talk about other books that came out yesterday did you have a runner-up i did let me check out my honorable mentions here uh the future state justice league that was pretty good uh the art was very well done and the story was surprisingly good as well uh most future state has me a bit confused with some questions uh unanswered things stuff like that but uh i would definitely give this uh another issue uh for sure i wasn't picking this up to begin with uh but yesterday was a really light week uh for me so i i picked it up just to you know see what was going to go on um and uh, I, I really did you pick this up or um, I think you did right? You said you're going to get most of them. Did you read this? Wait, uh, which one is? It? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Justice League. Future Justice State? League. Yeah, I did. Um, I did get Justice League. Um, I liked the front half of the book. I liked the first story. Um, the Justice League Dark. I wasn't too crazy about it, and I'm kind of sad about that because it's Ram, our friend, you know, friend of the show, Ram B. Um, but. Um, yeah, I, I was. I, I did like the first half of the book, um, but that is not. It was definitely not one of my favorites uh, of yesterday. Uh, you got a you got a new team, um, and, and maybe that that's part of it. It's it's a brand new team. It's in the future. I have a, I have a hard time with that. Uh, I do like that they really highlight uh, John Kent and um, the new yeah. super uh, super uh, new Wonder Woman. Um, so you know Yara, I really like her character. Um, but, and I, and I, like I said, I liked, I liked the first story, but, um, you know, yeah, okay. I think almost in every feature state book, the original beginning of it, they've all been pretty good. The, the secondary stories or third, third, you know, third story in the book, I haven't really cared for them too much. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you, if anybody else out there hasn't picked up justice league, there is some little differences, you know, they're, they're having, yeah. the, they're doing this thing where they're not, uh, you know, hanging out together uh like personally you know they don't i think i think uh 
uh, John, John mentions that he doesn't even know who Batman is or his name or, you know, yeah. so that's kind of a different dynamic as well. It's kind of, it's kind of different, but, uh, and the other thing I didn't like is, you know, the beginning of that book kind of mentions there's another character who is going to devastate the world and, and time. And yeah. I just, that's the only thing too, that I'm like, man, really like another, you know, but I guess it's a justice league, right? I mean, what, what yeah. more, you know, can you do? Cause they're, they're such a huge, powerful team i guess you need powerful villains and world yeah. world at stake events you know but uh but yeah that was the you know to me that, that was probably the best book from yesterday anyway uh future state and, justice uh, league yeah the, the robin eternal uh that was also a, a decent read as well uh but again some of these books uh, you know they they leave me with a lot of questions as far as the time you know like i don't understand the time of all these things uh yeah the teen Titans was pretty good. I mean, it was okay. You know, I think it's a bigger deal to, to kind of, uh, you know, get backstory on all this stuff that's going on, you know, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, so what's up, Rod? Uh, Rod says, well, look at Chris's uh, chair first appearance. Dude, (laughs) Rod, thank you so much. Rod recommended this chair. I texted him. He had done a little review on his YouTube channel. Uh, and dude, this chair is, Amazing. I hope it lasts my whole life, man. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Oscar, you mentioned um, Robin Eternal. Uh, that was my favorite of the Future State books this week. Uh, of course, that's you know DC Comics written by Megan Fitzmartin. Beautiful, beautiful art by Eddie Barrows. Colors by Adrian Lucas and letters by Pat Brosso. Um, I, while the Bat family is kind of non-existent in Gotham in the future, uh, one member of that family, Tim Drake, is doing all he can to stop the magistrate from producing and transporting Lazarus resin. Let's liquid siphon from the Lazarus pits by the League of Assassins that allows the cybers in Gotham to be immortal. And these cybers are no joke, man. They're, they're machines, these huge machines. Um, yeah. And this, uh, this stuff is, is uh, going to keep get, uh, get them to be immortal. Um, while, while Tim would love to do all this on his own, the cybers and magistrate are just too much. Um, but luckily, Stephanie Brown, spoiler, is not afraid to put on her mask and gives Tim the help that he needs. I uh, don't know if it'll be enough, though, as we see in the end, something crazy happens to, to Tim there at the very last panel. He's in danger. Uh, I can't wait to see how, how issue two picks up. This was my favorite. Uh, this was my favorite future state book from yesterday. Uh, I loved it, man. Loved it. I, like I don't mention, I think that's the thing that got me the most. Uh, the, the plot of the story is actually pretty good, but yeah. the, the very ending there, I was like, oh man, I think that I think they're gonna get me, they're sucking me in. But yeah, yeah, but, it was a good, it was good, yeah. very, very good. Did you have uh, any, any, uh, well, did you have any more before I go on with the, yeah, yeah, uh, my runner up, uh, I went into Future State Robin Eternal, that would have been my third favorite book from yesterday. I mean, my fourth, but um, uh, I gave a lot of thought to not only my pick of the week, but also the runner up. And for me, uh, while there were some good stories in Future State, not not any of them made me feel quite like AWA's books this week. I mentioned already Man's World, um, but Erratic number two from Kara Andrews, who is the writer, artist and cover artist on this book. Um, colors by Brian Reber and letters by... Um, Lost in Comics 2020 Letter of the Year, Sal uh, Cipriano. Um, when I read Erratic, I, when I read it, I feel like like I'm transported back to high school and, and I'm hanging out with the characters in this book. Uh, it's it's a teen book. It feels like a teen book. But I, 
like I said, in my mind, I'm taken back. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in the story, dude. Uh, I'm on an adventure with Oliver, the boy who ha he has powers for 10 minutes a day, but no longer. And he has to recharge for 24 hours before he can use them again. Um, after the events of issue one, the, uh, Kristen, the girl who may or may not like Oliver, she's determined to know about Oliver's powers. And after watching Oliver use his powers and recording it on her phone, something in his power set, his skill set doesn't allow people to capture footage of him. So that's pretty cool. Um, this leads to problems because she will not leave him alone and she's becoming a liability the closer that she gets to him. Uh, keep in mind that Oliver, he's, he's sort of a superhero, but he's never been that the popular kid in school. Uh, that's his brother's job, who's a jock and has no problem making friends in a new town. Uh, Oliver's mom cannot find a job, even in a bar where she has experience bartending. Uh, this book has so many relatable aspects and does give you the sort of feel of like a young Peter Parker, or Miles Morales, Spider-Man book. I really am enjoying this. Uh, I saw that Adam dropped it uh, after issue one. Um, sorry, sorry to hear that, Adam. I, I wish you'd give it uh, at least give it like one more issue. I, I really, really liked this book. Uh, I'm really enjoying the series. Did you do did you pick this up? Do you read it? I do not read it. No, I haven't. Any, I didn't even pick up number one, actually. So. I'm going to be honest. I know you won't like it. So <laughs> I will. I, I don't want to recommend it to you because I, I don't think you'll like it. But uh, but I I really enjoyed it. It's like I said, it's one of those uh, teenage type of books. Um, so it's it's really good, man. Erratic. Erratic. Um, what's up, Ruben Guzman? Welcome, welcome to the show. Anything? Any other books that you uh, felt strongly about? I felt, I felt strongly in disliking uh, okay. Dark Detective. Uh, oh, I, man. So this is my thing, right? So like, obviously, it's a. Uh, future state book right i don't know how mm -hmm. far in the future this is but there's a there's talk of bruce wayne being dead and there's possibly alive uh but he's still you know they still implying all these different things i don't want to give too much away in the book but uh yeah i don't know i just i it's got it's a it's obviously a world that's gone beyond him uh which i guess is the point mm -hmm. uh but not really seeing the value in why i should continue reading this book uh, I just didn't see anything that made me feel like, oh man, I have to know what's going to happen or what's going on. Uh, from what I gather, if you know Bruce Wayne is still around, uh, he's obviously still broke. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I, I just have issues with certain stuff, you know. Uh, I mean, if it's in the future, and uh, you know, how is he still broke? How is he, how has Bruce Wayne not got himself back on his feet? and all that stuff but uh i just didn't see you know yeah. i just didn't see the issue with with uh the the you know the the, being any good really to me to me anyway so yeah yeah rich uh we'll see you later man i hope hopefully everything uh is okay with your daughter and get her to settle down there but uh um dark yeah future state dark detective uh mariko tamaki writing art by dan mora colors by jordi belair letters by aditya bidikar what would you think of the art, man? That was another. Uh, let me think here. I'm, I think I'm getting confused with that. And, uh, I think it was pretty good. I think and I'm, I'm starting to think back here. Uh, I'm getting it confused with Batman, the new Batman, uh, the next Batman, which I did not like that yeah. art at all. I didn't think the art was very good at all. But uh, I, I think it was that was good. You know, uh, like I said, yeah. uh, the story was exceptional. I don't think it was like anything that made me think like, wow, you know, like yeah. I gotta know what's happening. So, 
I, I know when we had our little future state talk uh, on New Year's Eve, um, I told I told everybody I had very low expectations for uh, Dark Detective um, because I've never been a fan of Mariko Tamaki. Uh, everything that I've written of hers is not or read of hers is not been uh, good. And but I was I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this book. This would have been my second favorite of the future state books after Robin Eternal. Um, the art was just ridiculously good to me. Uh, I, I would love to see Dan Mora on an ongoing Batman series. Uh, so, but I'll, I'll take this for now. Uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautifully drawn book. Uh, in this issue, we found out we find out that everyone believes that Bruce Wayne and Batman are dead. Uh, Bruce, believing that he failed Gotham, is more than willing to remain silent and lead uh, everyone to believe that he's gone. But there's a there's a hunger in Bruce's belly, right? Because he that's who he is, man. They will never allow him to just stay low and remain silent. Um, I, I really, even though I enjoyed Future State Next Batman, I, I did enjoy that book. Um, I am attached to Bruce Wayne as Batman. And reading this gave me hope, knowing that Bruce is still out there. Because if you read Next Batman, it's kind of like, you know, it, Bruce is my Batman. And I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. Uh, I like it. I like the next Batman. But um, this this book gave me that hope. Well, let me let me ask you this though. Like even with the next Batman, right? I, I read it and I thought, well, what's the big deal? Like, it it I didn't see anything like him doing anything that's I don't know. May, maybe I guess because it's a number one and it's his it's like a first issue of this Batman. It did it did feel very much like how Batman Bruce Wayne started, where he's just taking on common criminals and you know nobody uh, really threatening. You know what I mean and and that kind of thing. Uh, I guess so that's, that's why I didn't like, you know, uh, I really kind of feel like you don't pay attention to me, bro. No, I'm but, paying attention. I'm just, I want to make sure Ben is, uh, we say bye to him and before he uh, goes off to the sunset. But, uh, but yeah, man, you know, so th th that to me was just kind of one of those things where I was, I don't know. And yeah. then I, I, I question if this is a future state book, right? Uh, this, how old is this guy then? I mean, cause he's already like, you know, uh, of adult age currently. He does look a little bit, um, like he's he's it seems like he's fighting a little slower in the book. I, <laughs> I don't know if you know picked up. I, I feel like I picked up on it. Like he's a little bit bulkier, almost like the Dark Knight Returns. His face and hair don't don't show that, but I do feel like he was moving a little slower, getting hurt quite a bit. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, he's I'm, got with you, I'm with you though. I mean, I, my mind still tells me there's only one Batman, and that's Bruce Wayne. So it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little, I, it's a little for me. But, Amen, uh, Adam. Bruce is the only Batman, damn it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also, but I also really enjoyed. This is one of those books for me that I also enjoyed. Um, the second story in the book by Matthew Rosenberg, The Grifters. Uh, I felt like uh, it was nice to enjoy a whole one of these future state books because, for me at least, it's been like one story's good in these. You know, there's like two or three stories in some of these future state books, and one of them will be good. Uh, this was one of the books uh, in the in the Dark Detective that I felt like both of those stories were were really good, um, and and I really enjoyed it with the, with the price tag on these books, man, and your multiple stories, dude. Yeah. You gotta you gotta hit on each story, uh, and I felt like this one was at least uh, both stories were on point and a little bit more more or less justified the five the five ninety nine price tag on that book. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unlike unlike Justice League that we mentioned a moment ago, where I thought the front half of the book was very good, second half was not so good. Um, but at least that one was only three ninety nine. So, uh, Teen Titans also. What's going on, Jim? How you doing, man? Good to see you, man. Um, 
I thought Teen Titans was pretty good also. Um, really interested to see what Nightwing's going to do with that new mask. Um, but wasn't uh, wasn't the wasn't the best. Um, I just have to mention one more book, uh, Seven Secrets from Boom Studios. Did you read it? Yeah, I, I did enjoy that book as well. That's a, that's, yeah. that's been a favorite of mine since the beginning. So uh, love it, yeah. love it, love it, love it, guys. Yeah. If you have not already, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If for some reason you haven't, um, like Rod says, man, please share. Let's get these guys to nine hundred. Let's get that nine hundred so we can get that one thousand here soon. Uh, yeah, dude, Seven Secrets. I love that series, dude. And, and things are de definitely escalating. Uh, a couple of secrets finally were revealed and brought to light. And I think we're about to find out just what those secrets are capable of. Um, things got a little weird in the last couple of panels uh, toward the last pages of the book. But I, I can't wait to see where se uh, issue seven takes us. Um, oh, and last last uh, book uh, that I want to mention, dude, ASM 57, um, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm back in the saddle with Amazing Spider-Man. I think Boogie told us. I think Adam told us, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. So I jumped on this arc, which is issue 56, uh, 57, and I'm trying to I'm trying to piece some things together because I haven't read ASM in like the last 20 issues or so. Um, but I'm really enjoying what's going on there, and and I can't wait wait to report on some more uh, Spider Man in the next uh, few issues, man. I think that's it's really good. Are you you've been reading it, right? Still? No, I, I, ASM I dropped off a long time ago. Uh, okay. I, I know we like sins of the uh, some the sins. Uh, yeah, that was, I don't even, I don't remember how long ago that was. I dropped off after that though. I was kind of like not gonna get into that arc, but I know we, I know I have to get that though. I've, I've been wanting to jump back on that, so I'll probably go back and get it from fifty six on. But uh, yeah, but um, um, before we before we leave any future state talk, uh, uh, I want to say that my I think my absolute favorite book of all so far is uh is swamp thing i loved that book uh so yeah oh dude yes um el crudo i passed on seven secrets did i blow it yes you did <laughs> short answer no just kidding there's manny over there yeah dude it, it, seven secrets is amazing um how far in is seven secrets i'm late for the party too that's uh issue six that just came out yesterday so very good series guys i can't recommend it enough um oscar you mentioned it right now so i want to just go i want to hit on it real quick because we're already almost two hours in dude. long show but it's been a great show um so i just want to say i wanted uh, for me personally and for the people watching this i just kind of want if you haven't bought into the whole future state thing if you don't know how to navigate everything that's going on i just did a simple ranking of the books that i've read so far uh, and i've read 10 issues of future state so I went ahead and ranked those one to 10. Um, obviously, the top picks are the ones that I think you should be reading. And the bottom are some that you probably are OK missing out on, um, at least from from my perspective, starting from I'm going to start from my least favorite to my favorite. Uh, and some people might not agree with this. Um, I know Sean mentioned uh, Kara Zorel, the Superwoman book that came out. Um, and th there is a lot going on in that book, but that was my—that's been my least favorite of the uh, of the future state books. So that would be my number ten. Um, I'm gonna go in, in opposite order, ten to one. Uh, ten would be Kara Zor-El, Superwoman. Uh, number nine would be Flash. Um, not a fan of what's going on in the Flash. Uh, number one that came out last week. Uh, number eight, Justice League. Um, number seven, Teen Titans. Uh, 
Uh, number six, Wonder Woman, kind of like right in the middle of the pack there. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's a great start, um, but it's not my not in my top. Uh, number five, the next Batman. Um, number four would be Dark Detective that came out yesterday. Uh, number three, Superman of Metropolis, uh, the Sean Lewis book that we, we got to talk to him about. Uh, number two, Robin Turnal. And my favorite, just like you, Oscar, Swamp Thing. That has been my favorite uh, Future State book um, by Ram V. Uh, like you said, when you mentioned that, I'm like, that That for me also is my favorite of, of the books that have been uh, released so far. Yeah, I didn't even read uh, Harley, to be honest with you, Adam. Um, did you, Oscar? No, I didn't read half the books. Uh, He's saying I, he I wants fart noises? Yeah. I didn't read Harley Quinn or Wonder Woman or Supergirl or Superwoman. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get on board with some of those. Um, Marshall, have a great night. He's got to do some errands. Great show interview. Swamp Thing is a great story. Take it easy till next time. May the comics be with you, and may they may you always stay lost in comics, Marshall. So that that's kind of my my uh, feel for what's going on in future states. Um, For you, Swamp Thing's your favorite. What, What what? What's the next one that you would say at least? Uh, probably have to go with, um, I guess Justice League. I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't make a list. I don't. I. I don't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't uh, think about it. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think. Um, maybe maybe Teen Titans after that. I guess. Cause I like I like what the story might be going with that, um, and then the Flash. I did like the Flash. I enjoyed that. I read that today. Did uh, you like the Superman? The oh yeah yeah Superman yeah I forgot all about that. So that would probably be second actually. Uh, it would be Swamp Thing, Superman, Justice League, the Flash, and then uh, Teen Titans probably. Okay. That's my top five, I guess. That I that I'm probably gonna stick with uh, for now. Nice. I'm really looking forward to the uh, the Superman. Uh, what is it? The World of War. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I'm looking forward to uh, a lot, actually. Well, it's, it's gonna be good. So. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, and I actually am really enjoying like the Superman of Metropolis. I'm really enjoying the the whole John Kent uh, storyline. So yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to say the burritos uh, this week in comics. We're talking about the Green Lantern being that was like one of their top picks for the week. I didn't I haven't picked up Green Lantern. I know Todd is a huge fan, um, but to hear the other guys uh, enjoy it, too, made me want to kind of pick that up. It's, it's a to- kind of a different take on um, on Guy Gardner. Uh, and so that's I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to pique my interest. So I might pick that up and give that a read. You know, we're not uh, huge Green Lantern fans around here, but uh, I might give that a shot. I will not be. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know how that goes. But uh, all right, man, we need to put a bow on this show. Uh, Let's finish up with our bottom of the stack books that we're looking forward to next week. A lot of good ones coming out next week. Um, You want to take it away with your with your covers that you think people should pick up? Uh yeah, this one was kind of tough for me. I I really honestly didn't find a whole lot of covers that were like mind blowing to me. So uh, uh, if you guys don't think I did a good job this week, I probably agree with you. There wasn't a lot that I I saw. And I thought, oh man, I have to get that cover. Yeah, but I did pick five. So let's go with uh, number one here. That Philadelphia uh, twelve. I like that that cover. It's 
pretty pretty good. Uh, then we got the uh, Batman uh, Catwoman uh, cover there. Um, that is by uh, Travis uh, Charest. I guess that's how you would say his name. Uh, then we got the uh, the uh, Future State Superman Worlds of War number one by Ricardo uh, Federici or Federici. Uh, I don't know. I always don't do well with those names, but uh, and then the uh, uh, King in Black number three, Tyler Kirkham cover. Uh, I like that a lot. Oh, that's Excellent. nice, dude. Yeah. Uh, and then last, uh, this is another Philadelphia cover there with the uh, McFarland cover. Yes, I think it's freaking awesome. So yes, uh, to be a big book, guys. Uh, I think it's like what, like over forty pages, right, or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, so yeah, obviously I'll start off books that I'm looking forward to reading. Uh, I'll just say Philadelphia number twelve, right? Because you've already mentioned it there, and especially that McFarland cover, dude. That's uh I have to have this, dude. And then you know how I am about covers, but this one have yeah. to have. It's McFarland. Um, next up, uh, King in Black number three. Really enjoying the event, uh, King in Black. So I'm definitely looking forward to reading issue number three, mm-hmm. um, Stargazer number five. Uh, Anthony Cleveland, dude, love love this series. My favorite Mad Cave Studios uh, series right now. Um, I Breathed a Body, number one, by Zach Thompson. And definitely my last book here looking forward to is Catwoman, number one, Future State. Ram V on Catwoman. We've loved what he's been doing with uh, the Catwoman ongoing series. So cannot wait to pick that up and read what he's doing with the Future State uh, Catwoman. So there you go, guys. Bottom of the stack. Books that we're looking forward to. Cannot wait to to get into those next week. Uh, Of course, we will be here. Same time, same place next week. Lots of comic book fun to be had. Um, Don't don't forget, guys, like, subscribe to the the, uh, channel. Uh, Don't forget to tell everybody you know about Lost in Comics. We're we're nearing that 1K subscriber mark, and we're just in the process of gathering an amazing giveaway prize uh, that will be announced very soon. So Oscar and I are working on that. Uh, when we get to that 1,000, guys, we're going to give something something beautiful, gorgeous away. Yeah. But, uh, man, great show. Great show. Great show. If if for some reason you joined us late, make sure you go rewatch the video. Sean Lewis was incredible, dude. Just an incredible interview. Very insightful. Very. He shared a lot of personal things about... Uh, the books that he's writing, uh, Bliss and Superman and Metropolis, and you don't want to miss out on that. I'm telling you guys. But uh, we appreciate you guys so much. We love you guys. And uh, next week will be a shorter show. This was just long. The interview went long, but it was a great show, man. Yeah. I love you. We'll yep. see you guys yep. next week. Later Stay first. lost in comics. Stay lost in comics. Hashtag it. Hashtag. There you go.